a mock draft with some trades, including a top three pick on the move. That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. And welcome into the Wednesday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schubert back with you here once again. Hope everyone is having a great Wednesday. We've got a mock draft to discuss here on the show as we do each and every Wednesday. This one a little different. This one from the content staff over at TDN. Jamie Eisner writing round one, which includes a couple of trades, and then the rest of the content team over at TDN getting together uh, to tag team the second round. But we got to talk about what one of the big things here in the first round. It's going to be the sole focus of our show today, a top three pick on the move in in this latest mock draft. But before we jump into that, got to tell you about our friends over at BetOnline who remain your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. Everything from the NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends over at BetOnline. They feature live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. And they are still the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head on over to BetOnline.ag to join, and you're going to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. All you got to do, just use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. And regular listeners of this show will know that, I believe it was last week on the show, we talked about how the Arizona Cardinals set up to be one of the top teams in terms of a trade-down spot. They are a, they've are a they got their quarterback of the future, they've got a bunch of needs, they can trade out of their pick, I believe it was pick five or six at the time, and they can set themselves up for future success. Now, that's not the team that makes the move here inside the top three, but the team that does ultimately move their pick has a very similar path. They feel that they have their young franchise quarterback. They have other pressing needs. And picking number two, yeah, they can get one impact player, but they could also get a King's Ransom for a team that wants to move up. Now, I don't know if this exact situation is going to happen, and we'll jump right into it. If you haven't seen, head on over to thedraftnetwork.com, click on the Mock Draft tab, uh, find the latest Mock Draft, and then you are able to uh, tag along with me here as we do this. But number two, the number two overall pick is where things get a little feisty, right? C.J. Stroud goes number one overall, so a little bit of a change there, but still a quarterback number one uh, for the Houston Texans. At number two, it is not the Chicago Bears that make a selection. They trade out of the number two spot. Yes, they are the team that have their franchise quarterback, that are in a position to move out, that have multiple needs that they will be trying to address, trying to recoup some draft capital and can set themselves up for long-term success. They make a trade. Not with, let's say, the New York Jets to trade up for a quarterback or the Indianapolis Colts that want to get in front of Carolina for a quarterback or Atlanta or the Raiders or any of the teams that might want to move up just to box out some teams, maybe like Carolina at four or Seattle at three. And oh, by the way, Carolina does move up in this draft as well, uh, moving from pick number eight to pick number four uh, to get a quarterback. So you see that teams do want to move up and get in front and box teams out. So there is an opportunity, but it is not for one of those teams. It is for the Cincinnati Bengals who come all the way up from number 28 to number 2 to draft Will Anderson Jr. And I think the important part of this is the return. We're not going to really talk about Will Anderson, the player, and, and the trade itself. The Bengals get pick number 2. Chicago gets T. Higgins, number 28 overall a second-round pick, which is number 59 overall, and a third-round pick in 2024. And I will tell you, 
that while you can look at this and say, while they still they still pick in the first round, they get a wide receiver, and Cincinnati's probably going to have to deal one of their three wide receivers, and I don't think it's going to be Jamar Chase. I think that's the one guy that's going to stay. And so T. Higgins does feel like a candidate to be moved. And so the, the, Chicago, the Chicago Bears, who are looking to equip Justin Fields with more weapons, that's why they traded a, a two for, for Chase Claypool. It's why in this trade they, they seek out T. Higgins. They want to get that franchise cornerstone wide receiver to build a fully fleshed-out wide receiver room for their young quarterback. So they get T. Higgins. They still pick in the first round, but they only pick up a two and then a three next year. Feels a little light if a team's going to come up 26 spots because you still got to pay T. Higgins, right? That's still a a, a part of this that is uh, a footnote of this deal. They have to pay T. Higgins. So, yes, you trade for the guy, but you also got to pay him. You then only drop out. You drop down 26 spots, and really the only thing you add is a wide receiver, a second, and then a third next year. Feels a little rich. Now, this is not a team that's coming up for a quarterback, but you certainly would think that if Chicago is telling other teams that they're open for business, if, they're, if their phones are ringing and they say, yes, we are willing to trade the number two pick, you don't think Carolina's going to call. You don't think Indy's going to call. You don't think maybe Detroit's going to call. The Raiders are going to call. And that price tag goes up above a one, or swapping ones, a player, a second, and a third. I certainly think so, and and Jamie even admitted after the fact, I think he put it out in a tweet this week, that, that the return is probably a little light for Chicago, and I think it's very light. I think if a team is going to move out of a, of a top two pick, a number two pick, no matter who's coming up, if they are going to say that they are open for business and they're going to move down multiple spots, it, there's going to be another first that I think ultimately gets involved in this trade, and Again, if I told you that they get a first, they they swap first this year, they get T. Higgins, they get a first next year, and they get some uh, assortment of other picks, I th- certainly think if you're a Bears fan, you can feel really good about that. We're still picking in the first round. We get a wide receiver. We can now use that first round pick to use another need. And oh, by the way, we're stacking first for future years as well to give us ourselves the maximum amount of flexibility. And I think that's the term that I want to use here. When you are a franchise that is beginning your window, right? Beginning your contending window of being a playoff team. You're about to start that ascent. And I I think of the Bears. I think of the Jets. I think of teams like the Lions, right? Teams like that. Those three teams are the teams that I'll use in this example. Teams that are just on the fringe. They're starting to flirt with their window potentially being open. The Bears, I think a lot of people think are going to take a very Lions or Jets trajectory to the 2023 season. When you are those types of teams, you need to keep maximum flexibility in ways that go beyond just cap space, but also in draft capital and in terms of roster flexibility because you want to be primed. You want to be in a position that when an opportunity strikes, you are able to be in the mix. Doesn't mean you're going to make every move. Doesn't mean you're going to make every trade. Doesn't mean you're always going to move up or you're always going to drop back, but you want to be in a position that you can take every phone call, that you can make every phone call, that you can explore every possible option under the sun. And I think what this move would do for the Chicago Bears, moving out of number two, let's just say they get T. Higgins, they get a first round pick, they swap, and they get a future first. Well, now, I've got a wide receiver that checks a need off the board here. Now, I can use pick 28 to focus someplace else. I have a first next year that gives me two firsts in 2024 that allows me maximum flexibility. If somebody becomes uh, available in the offseason, boom, now I've got an extra first to dangle. Or, okay, I've got a couple of needs. We want to reset the market at a couple different positions. We want to reset the money. We can make trades. Now, we've got a first-round pick that we can reinvest in this. It just gives you all the creativity. And if you are a general manager, the best thing you can have for yourself is the ability to get creative. 
creative. It's to not pigeon your whole self, pigeonhole yourself into a specific direction, into a specific avenue. Think of the way the Philadelphia Eagles have managed their quarterback situation over the last couple of years, the way they've managed their draft capital, the way that they've operated. They've they've seen opportunities to go get uh, a Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. They've taken those opportunities. They've seen an opportunity to trade Carson Wentz and move, move on with Jalen Hurts. They've taken those opportunities. They've seen opportunities on draft night to use their multiple first-round picks that they've gotten in deals with other teams. Hey, A.J. Brown, you're disgruntled in Tennessee. We'll take you, and we'll make you one of the highest-paid wide receivers in the NFL with one of our extra um, the Jets, Philadelphia, all strive to be in Philadelphia, I think is the, the the quintessential example of it. So if you are the Bears, you got your franchise quarterback. You want to support that franchise quarterback. I can support taking the number two overall pick and saying, hey, Cincinnati, you might want to move up for somebody. you got a wide receiver that we want. We know you can't pay all three wide receivers. We know that you want to come up and uh, address an area of concern. We can maybe be make, we can make this work and, and put something together. That's the type of unique, creative opportunities that I think teams like Chicago, I think a team like Seattle could consider it at number three. I think a team like Arizona could consider that at number four. Just giving yourself the maximum flexibility to be able to apply player becomes available, a player is disgruntled in, in a city, and, and you know that that player is going to become available. Well, if you're dealing from a position of strength and you have extra draft picks, you have maybe a little extra cap space, you've got some players that you know that you can move, it gives you an opportunity to get all your guys and gals in a room and say, hey, can we make this work? What possible avenues can we come up with to be able to make a trade happen? That, to me, is the beautiful thing about what the Bears would be able to do with this trade. And 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 again, Cincinnati coming all the way up to draft Will Anderson, I, I don't know if that's ultimately going to be the case. Is the team going to fall in love with Will Anderson and try to jump the queue uh, to try to draft him and address a need? Maybe. I mean, right now you're sitting in Houston number one. They're taking a quarterback. I really don't think that that's ultimately what they're going to end up doing. They're more than likely going to have a new head coach going into next season. With the number one overall pick, they got a lot of other needs that, they've, that they can address. They've got two first-round picks. I think you can stay with Davis Mills for another year. You can use the two first that you have this year to either draft two players that can help you in this upcoming season or you can trade one of those two picks maybe you are the team that takes number one and says hey here's we'll take we'll get a king's ransom for number one who wants to jump up jump the queue for a quarterback or jump the queue for will anderson right and then you play that high stakes game of chicken with multiple teams trying to trade out and i ultimately think this is a year where you're going to see a lot of trades on draft night with teams trying to reposition themselves get picks in future years set themselves up for a deeper draft class, have more day two and day three picks, rounds three, four, five, six, et cetera, et cetera, to set themselves up for that kind of um, depth that we think this class has. Maybe not so top-heavy, and the value is going to get a little weird after maybe pick 16 or 17, maybe even earlier than that, and set yourselves up to be able to pick, uh, have more picks in the later rounds where you can really feel like you can maximize your value. That's not the only trade that happens, though, and I think in, in the importance of context, we'll talk about the other trades here very quickly that happened. At pick number four, I already mentioned it, there was a trade. Carolina moves up from eight to four to draft Will Levis. In that trade, they give Arizona a second-round pick, number 43 overall, and a fourth-round pick in this same draft, number 111 overall. So to move up four spots, it costs you a second and a fourth in Carolina, drafts Will Levis. And then there's another trade all the way at the end, all the way at the end when the Los Angeles Rams are on the clock. Yes, that's right. The Los Angeles Rams say, hey, you know what? We're going to move up six spots from number 38 to number 32 to be able to pick a player. And we're going to trade a couple of day three picks. We're going to trade a 2023 fifth round pick, number 169, a 2024 fourth round pick. And again, they're going to swap. They're going to move up from 38 to 32. So they're going to give up their second round pick 38. And so Philly drops down six spots, only six spots. They've already had a first round pick. They've already made a selection here in this draft earlier. I will tell you who they selected once I can scroll up high enough to see the, the, the selection here. Miles Murphy at pick number 10 they take. So they've already made a first-round pick. They decide to drop back, add a 
drop back six spots, six spots at a fifth round pick, and then at a fourth round in the following season. So we've got three trades, and now trades are on the menu. And I certainly think that uh, more of the scouting team now that they've uh, seen maybe some of the the brainchild of Jamie Eisner here uh, with some of these trades, if we, we we won't start seeing some trades here pretty soon with some other teams. And again, like I said a couple of minutes ago, I really think this is going to be a year in which. There are going to be a lot of draft night trades, not for just players, right? We saw that with Hollywood Brown and A.J. Brown last year, some draft night, first night trades in the NFL. I think there's going to be a lot of pick maneuvering that we are going to see this year. And I can understand, if you're Chicago, I think it is the perfect thing to do to be able to use that second-round pick, set yourself up for long-term success, but potentially talk to a team like Cincinnati and get yourself a wide receiver. It's a unique way to address a problem that we know Chicago wants to address this offseason. And again, with the context that we have now, we don't have free agency in front of us yet. We don't know who they've addressed. gotten in free agency with that in mind I think this is a pretty interesting way to go about it uh, from Jamie that is going to do it here for the Wednesday edition of the show Thursday edition of the show coming to you tomorrow I think we're going to talk about Thursday night football and the approach that the Tennessee Titans should take in this football game considering that there is nothing really on the line in this game it's a weird thing to say but it is all going to come down to that week 18 game against the Jacksonville Jaguars and so we'll talk about how they should approach that game what should be their mindset going into that football game uh, against Jacksonville in week 18. So we'll do that tomorrow here on the show. Thanks as always for making this show a part of your day, rating, reviewing, subscribing, telling friends, telling family, telling coworkers, whoever you tell about this podcast. We greatly do appreciate it. A fun uh, last couple of episodes here of 2022. We've crossed the 60 episode threshold mark. It's been a lot of fun to get this show off the ground and I'm very excited uh, for what we're going to be able to do in 2023. Got a couple of ideas cooked up of uh, what we can do here in the offseason on this show uh, to make it a lot of fun for all of us. So I appreciate you making this show a part of your day. Thanks as always to Ben online for their continued support of the podcast hope everybody makes it a great rest of their wednesday i will talk to you all tomorrow